Hello and welcome to another episode of the 30 Minute CMO Podcast. Uh, my name is Gorsha Huchu and I'm joined by my friend and partner, Alex McNamara. Alex, welcome back to the show. Hello. Glad to, glad to be back. How was your uh, week off? Was nice. Yeah. Where did you spend your week off? Well, I spent my week off packing boxes and, and moving. So officially, we are no longer in the same city anymore, which is a big sad emoji face yeah you are you are now reunited with your stuff in oregon i'm reunited with my stuff and the stuff is down oregon uh we drove a u-haul up from la to oregon i honestly i swear to god this is the last time i'm driving la to oregon 960 miles so never wants to do that really again so if we can get the vaccine and i can travel on plane but you are also not in your familiar location. I see a new background behind you. Yes, uh, indeed. We are now uh, in, a, in a more permanent stead uh, and it feels good. Um, although I did have to frantically search for this microphone before the five minutes before the show <laughs> uh, was slated to record because obviously I packed it and had no idea where I put it. You didn't label your boxes with all the stuff inside of it like a you know, true I, man. I, uh, not, not in this particular instance, no. And I was like literally rummaging through everything, uh, trying to find this microphone, but I found it. And here we are for our weekly, uh, conversation about all things related to marketing. And I think it's fair to start with maybe one of the biggest events, although it, it it's already a few days old, but, uh, the Super Bowl. um, yes. it happened. It actually it happened with people, some people in the stands. And uh, apparently one team showed up to play the game. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who was not in the stadium, the Chiefs defense. They were they nowhere were, to be seen. They were not there. I think they no. quarantined uh, far away from that stadium. They, I feel sorry. I think, didn't they say Patrick Mahomes ran more yards scrambling away from the offense than any other quarterback in like in history or something? All I saw him doing was running. I feel like he did more running than throwing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was so, running backwards, not like his not like his good like forward runs. They were backwards, sideways, and spins. Just just was... any direction, just to get away from yeah, get yeah. away from it. But um man, Brady uh reunited with his with uh with Gronk and minus yeah. minus the coach, maybe just shows who is who is really the goat uh in that yeah. duo, you know. I mean, what's a what's a really cool fact is that um, all of the the three uh, players who ha- uh, scored touchdowns were not on the team before Brady joined. So that's the that's... power of the goat. Um, and as you can see from where the Patriots were in uh, in the playoffs, <laughs> very it's uh, it, it's not a it's not a system. He's not a system QB. Yeah, well, you know, good for him. Uh, he good is him. he is amazing. Um, some things were amazing uh, during that game as well, and some things were less so uh, less amazing. Uh, the ads, obviously, uh, everyone everyone knows that the Super Bowl is um, is the Oscars for advertising. Um, yep. This year was different because making those ads was probably a lot more difficult than mm-hmm. than normal. I think. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on 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 these. I, I guess I will just say kind of 
what I noticed was that very few of these ads referenced the pandemic and most of them kind of seem to focus on the post-pandemic future. I think, you know, advertising is generally aimed, you know, at optimistic uh, images yeah. and mm -hmm. it's probably hard to find an optimistic image now. So most of it, um, most of it was set in some distant or maybe not so distant future. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they did, a, they did they were very conscious and I think almost all of them bar one or two focus on not political and not pandemic. Um, and I, and I, and I kind of like that because a lot of brands had to do the pandemic pivot um, back in, you know, what, a year ago, March, April last year. Um, yeah. And I feel like they just didn't want to do that. It's the Super Bowl, you're spending loads of money on it. You want it, you want it to be you know, lighthearted, you want it to be fun. You don't really need it because everyone knows you're in a pandemic and everyone gets it. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not your bread and butter advertising. It's, you know, it's a special event advertising. So I, I feel like there's a, there's a pass you have there to, to, to feel optimistic and hopeful about a non-pandemic future. So who do you think nailed it? I, I, I have a, I had a couple. I think the Alexa one, was excellent the one um so that was the the woman um who was showing her colleagues the new alexa is is, is housed in the new alexa um shape yes and then she walked to the window and i love this amazon prime um tv show tie-in i thought great double advertising there uh but it was with michael b jordan basically becomes the body for alexa and she's asking Alexa to do all sorts of, you know, read me this story. And it's some like very, you know, R-rated story. And she's in the bath and Michael B. Jordan is talking to her in the bath. Um, and her husband, you know, is always like, no, Alexa, don't turn the lights off. No, Alexa, stop. <laughs> and I just thought it was a really fun, enjoyable ad that when it came on and it came on a couple of times, I... I really enjoyed watching it because it was just a, it was just a good idea. Yeah. And I thought it was like, you know, it's promoting the new Alexa and the new body. And I was just like, you know what? It's not, it's not trying to be too smart. It's just, it was just a really great idea. Um, yeah. And we'll come on to the bad where I, where I'm like, I have an issue with some of the ideas uh, of some other advertising, but we'll go back. We'll go to that in the ugly, ugly section. Um, what did you What did you like? What did you think was a good one? You know, I I, I really like the Will Ferrell one for GM yeah. in Norway. Um, I think that um, it was just a clever bit of advertising, and the idea to pick on a whole country for a brand like GM was, um, you know, I think they're kind of like one of these safe brands, and traditionally their advertising yeah. is uh, mostly uninspiring. I would say. Um, yeah, I remember it's those car uh, ads just classic car ads. And this one was just uh, more, I think they gave Will Ferrell almost like liberty to do whatever he wanted to do. Um, yeah. He picked the fight with Norway in a good way, in like a lighthearted way. I've heard from my Norwegian friends that um, the whole country mobilized in its response to this ad, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know? So clearly, clearly it resonated there as well. But um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, it, I think it drove uh, home the point too that you know GM is really making the serious investment into electric and uh, and the future yeah. is near. They showcase their um, the two kind of flagship electric vehicles. I think the Hummer 
uh, the electric Hummer and the, and the Cadillac that they had there. Uh, so it wasn't just kind of old futuristic and aspirational, but um, like funny, funny, yeah. funny, good, uh, enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, I like I like there's a couple of things with the, with GM right now is like they're the first major manufacturer to really commit and put, you know, money where their mouth is in terms of the, the electric push. Yeah, um, they've got a new logo um, lock up out as well. Also looks very, you know, new, modern, um, electric not stuffy. Yeah, <laughs> electric. It's got electric blue in it. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels like they are, you know, they're, they're like an oil tanker changing course but i feel like they are doing it at quite a um a, all very um cohesive and together they're actually like all pointing in the same direction and like really trying to be more modern more future facing more um electric uh and i think you know with the, with the rest of the administration going serious for a second with the rest of the administration really pushing for climate you know climate change climate crisis they're doing this they're, they're seeing what's happening um, yeah. and they're really like pushing for it rather than waiting to be told uh, what to do. But I feel like their push on electric, especially with the Hummer um, and bringing that as the forefront, <laughs> you know, people will actually buy Hummers now. And if I ever manage to afford a Hummer, I might consider it. Uh, and then I'll go buy something else. <laughs> well, what, um, any, any, any last thoughts on what the good ones were before we talk about the duds? Yeah, I, I kind of like the um the the Doritos 3D one um mm-hmm. with flat Matthew McConaughey. I like the the sort of nostalgia of the brands coming back. Um, I have a review from a, a foodie friend of mine who said Bugles are better, so maybe they need to up their game instead of paying all Matthew McConaughey for that. But I thought it was kind of fun. Um, and then the tied Jason Alexander one was actually quite funny as well, um, where yeah. you know he get the jumper gets dirty and the face changes yes and then he they see him at the end and is like hey that's my face in classic seinfeld fashion which i thought was really good yeah yeah i i, I thought that one was catchy uh i can actually see uh his uh <laughs> those uh sweatshirts appearing in stores um you know yeah. as kind of like gag gifts um mm-hmm. both that one and the matthew mcconaughey one were so predictable in terms of like how that was going to end Um, but at the same time, they were still enjoyable and, uh, and memorable enough. So I think, um, well done there. Well done there. Let's talk about the, the ones we didn't like so much. Um, let me ask you, um, you know, you put it on your list, Paramount plus talk to me about Paramount plus it's your favorite brand, right? Honestly, if I, it's honestly, do we really need another streaming service? Honestly, that being said, um, they, I think they did a really good job of of advertising on a rival channel and advertising for a streaming service that really nobody really wants to think about right now. And but they did. They had what three different ads that um, were sequential. So you're telling the story throughout the Super Bowl, um, but also they have the idents in there as well. And I think they leveraged their um, the Paramount Mountain um, within. They kind of like. You know, did the Paramount Mountain in front of behind the um, the stadium, and they really kind of like. I, I thought they did a good job of of advertising it for a streaming service that people really don't care about right now. I know you had a strong uh, strong opinions about the Wayne's World one as well, so want to share? Yeah, it was well. It, it there were a couple there on on our list of bad, um, uh-huh. like the Wayne's World one, the Dolly Parton one, 
and the the Cheetos one. And I think I have this issue across all of, of, of advertising where you're not coming up with an idea yourself. You're, you're leveraging an idea that exists and you're shoehorning your brand into it. Like the Wayne's World one was prime. I can just see the review where a creative team comes in and like, right, here's the idea. The idea is Wayne's World. I'm like, that is not an idea. You, that is not, you know, yeah. you, if you come in and you have references of things that already exist and saying, we're going to do it, we're going to do this, then it's not going to be a good ad. And I just felt like it was just not, you're just not advertising well. You're using Wayne's World so that people remember what Wayne's World is. And then you're going to talk about it. It was what, for Insta, Instacart or Uber Eats? That's that's Something the thing. Like, that. like all I all I remember from it is how old these guys look with all yeah. the makeup still, you know, or yeah, yeah. I guess. But uh, I don't remember what it's for. What you know? And it, I, I just I just think it's lazy. It's it's lazy advertising. It's yeah. you know you're not like the like the GM Norway one was a was a a great idea, and then this is just like hey let's just use Wayne's World. Let's pay Wayne's World a you know a bunch of money. And we'll get them to say our brand a few times, and that's and that's it. That's not that's the idea. It's not an so, idea. So I think the controversial one um, that falls into the category of like good creative controversial in terms of messaging was the Jeep ad. Um, yeah. I think most people have probably heard of the Jeep ad, um, and you know it's probably the one that outside of the um, Fiverr one that references the Four Seasons uh, landscaping <laughs> business. It was the yeah. only one that really kind of touched on the politics um, yeah. uh, of, of, of this last year. So that aside, um, kind of the concept aside, I feel like Jeep, which is owned by Chrysler, um, mm -hmm. borrowed the idea from when Chrysler uh, did this uh, imported from Detroit uh, ad for the Chrysler brand with Eminem, um, you know, wrapping in the background, I think it was about a decade ago at this point, I think it was introducing yeah. the Chrysler 300. That one was, I mean, that ad gave birth to like the resurgence of Chrysler and I think made Chrysler cool again. And it coincided with some really cool vehicles that were really, you know, ahead of their time um, yeah. and ahead of Chrysler's design theory for that period. I don't know that this ad really made me think differently about Jeep. I mean, Jeep is kind of like this brand that definitely is, you know, it aligns itself with all things Americana. And I think using Bruce Springsteen for, uh, for it, you know, made sense on paper and the creative brief, but I almost felt like it was a little too soon, you know, like it was, for yeah. me, it was one of these things like, we are not at the point as a country where we're healing yet. Like the impeachment trial is still going on. All the wounds are still very fresh. The people who are still, you know, in, at the insurrection are still being arrested. Like, I don't think we're at the point where an ad can assume that it can start healing us. Yeah. It, it felt very, yeah, it felt very um, arrogant. I think uh -huh. if it, it felt like it was, it was trying to, if it was, if it was not, an ad i think it would have been a nice message from bruce springsteen or from you know from something or a you know an artist or a musician or some you know filmmaker but i think associated like tagged with jeep it kind of loses its its um its meaning and it feels very 
you know, we want to be relevant and we, you know, it, it takes a side as well. And, you know, the, the message is not wrong, but it feels wrong coming from a brand. I would argue that it feels wrong right now for, you know, in general. Uh, last year, Super Bowl ad from Jeep was a winner. Uh, it was Bill Murray Groundhog Day. Yeah. And that was a delightful ad to see because to your point, it wasn't about Bill Murray. It wasn't about Groundhog Day. It was, you know, it was intertwined with the launch, I think, of the Gladiator. Um, it was just a cool ad um, yeah. to see him. But, um, you know, just continuing on the, on the Super Bowl uh, narrative, um, there was one that made more of a splash for the five seconds of fame that it had than maybe some of these other ones. And that was Reddit. What, you know, can yeah. you, can you, can you give us a little bit of, uh, of your thinking <laughs> yeah. about the ad and what it was about? So yeah, so Reddit ran a, I mean, this kind of comes off the heels of Reddit and, and what's happened in the last couple of weeks with the stocks and the wall street bets and yeah. driving up GameStop, which we talked about two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, they they spent their full marketing budget on a five second ad, um, and apparently it's been, it was like the second most searched ad. I'm not sure what the what the data point is on that. I don't think that's real, um, or that was very selectively picked. Uh, but they basically were like, you know, we ran a five second ad, and it was about like communities making uh, making a difference, and it was kind of referencing how their subreddits drew you know impacted the world in a in a in a way that was very noticeable um and it kind of was like it was like the ad what itself was not noticeable because no one remembered it um but they've done such a big pr job about it it's almost like the app they were advertising the advertising now and it's it's not about the ad itself it's the fact that they ran a five second ad and that now is more famous it's like the oreo can you dunk in the dark it's not it's not good because of the tweet it's it's good because people talked about how good it was um but it's also easy to spend your full marketing budget if at the same time you get 250 million um investment in fund coupons and uh and you're you know you're able to then be like well we can spend all of our budget now because we got a whole bunch of money coming in so you know I think it's I think it's interesting that Reddit is going super mainstream with a with a Super Bowl ad for such a low key social platform. It's like one of the least used social platforms from an advertising point of view because well, one, the advertising platform sucked. Um, they couldn't do targeting properly. They couldn't do data properly, and they couldn't do uh, frequency capping properly. They're working on it, but now it because it becomes so mainstream, especially in the last couple of weeks. Um, being able to to run an ad and talk about how you ran an ad and get that valuation, you know, it's kind of you know making them famous. I I also think that uh, their strategy of running this ad uh, regionally uh, within select markets rather than running it nationally was yeah. interesting because if you run it in select, you know, the main media markets, um, you save some money and you generate, you know, if you have a PR strategy behind this that amplifies it, you're going to get. Uh, the same residents without having to necessarily fork over whatever it is, you know, 1 million, I think, for probably a five-second spot uh, yeah. on the Super Bowl. Uh, I didn't even know you could buy five-second spots uh, I, by, by themselves. To be honest, I'm not even sure they ran it because... You Who know, saw it, right? <laughs> who saw it? Like, unless, I mean, unless they were buying it through, like, CTV and delivering it on, like, you know, if you're watching it on, like, YouTube TV or something 
or on um, CBS online. I don't know if anyone actually saw this because I, I don't, I mean, it was five seconds long and I was not watching the, the TV for the full four hour extravaganza. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, but it's interesting. It's uh, this is, this is what we think of the Super Bowl overall. Um, and uh, I think final thought on this yeah. there, unlike a year ago when there was a lot of choice still at this time of the year to watch other things um, and brands were teasing their ads super early uh, and most of them were already seen on YouTube before they were this year around uh, this year brand many brands chose to hold back on teasing their uh, spots out and actually show them for the first time during the Super Bowl I think in recognition that uh, more people were going to be watching it on TV because they weren't able to attend the game. Uh, and there's just less stuff to watch uh, because no shows really being produced and everything is kind of frozen yeah. still. Um, I kind of feel like this this was a better time to be a Super Bowl advertiser because you almost had a captive audience that you didn't enjoy in previous years because of the fragmentation of viewership and all the different things pulling people into different directions. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think that's right. I was surprised to see that it was the the lowest watched Super Bowl in since 2007, which I thought was weird because where that's else are you going? I, I think there's something wrong with the data there because like you're not you know no one's going out you no one's you know unless you're going for a walk on Sunday Super Bowl Sunday like what are you what are you doing? Maybe because people couldn't do it as an event and uh, those people who would normally watch it would watch it at other people's houses because they came over for you know. For the event, event for the socializing yeah. maybe that's why um, yeah. or in bars people who don't watch football or don't care will go to a bar and drink with their buddies because that's where I, I, I watched it on my iphone in my front yard <laughs> you did yes that is no way to watch a super bowl but that's how <laughs> i watched uh at least the first half um all right um all right. Staying on the topic of social media, this is one I just wanted to kind of throw out there because we love to talk about TikTok and we're going to mention their name again, but in a completely different yeah. context. TikTok, as we know, came out of China. Company ByteDance um, came out to the US, bought Musical.ly some, some years ago, rebranded yeah. as TikTok. Boom, TikTok became a mainstream thing, especially during the pandemic. We think of the TikTok of TikTok as this big kind of social media powerhouse newcomer that is challenging the dominance of Instagram and Facebook and to some extent, Twitter and Snapchat. Turns out China is just like churning these things out. Uh, there is a new yeah. TikTok rival there called uh, Kwai Show. Uh, and yeah. it just IPO'd, or I guess it IPO'd some time ago, but its stock surged to $160 billion valuation last week, which just blows my mind because are there not enough video wow short video streaming platforms out there come on i tell you what if you launched vine today yes. that would be the biggest thing yeah the biggest thing you wouldn't be able to stop that that'd be a juggernaut but Dude, like vine is I've like never... vine, vine is like the forefather <laughs> of all these things <laughs> i i've never heard of of Quisho, like not even in any context other than when you mentioned it today like right now i've never heard of it so i did some quick research it was been around for 10 years. It was launched in 2011 in China. Yeah. It's so like, I don't know what they've been doing and hiding this thing or how, how they've been hiding this thing. But like, that's impressive. But having 160 billion valuation with 
no one in the Western world hearing about this with TikTok dominating, with Facebook, Instagram, Snap doing, you know, Snap doing really well right now. Um, like what do we need? Do we need another app and social platform to watch content on? And what is, and, what is this, and, Paramount Plus? <laughs> and I, I was uh, like, via the virtue of my own work, um, was doing research into the Chinese social media landscape. And it's, I mean, because Facebook is blocked and Google is blocked, they have their own kind of, you know, homegrown platforms and TikTok is one of them. Yeah. And Kwaishu is the other one. There's no shortage of, uh, of these platforms there either. Like there are platforms valued at tens of billions. Um, like they're a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. And, you know, a lot of them specialize on e-commerce and KOLs, which is their term for influencers. Um, and so just to see this platform hit this kind of valuation with that kind of competition domestically and that kind of competition globally just yeah. blows my mind. It's, um, you know, maybe it's because people are spending more time than ever engaged with their phones, given that they're not out and about that this is driving such such adoption and valuation. But my my head kind of exploded when I saw this. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm I genuinely didn't realize it was like this juggernaut just pootling along in the background that we hadn't heard of. Not that we, we've heard of everything, but that's I mean, that's it's crazy. I'm sure it's someone. Crazy. I'm sure someone can set up, set themselves up as an expert in in the U.S. in Kwai Show and become sought after in the next year or so uh, as being like the. You know. What do you have to do? Add it to your LinkedIn profile, Kwai Show thought leader, thought leader, um, ex CEO of some other thing, and yeah. you're in. You're yeah. in. Um, Speaking of yeah. of global um, social media, one thing as ex-London London dwellers, um, Weetabix and Heinz Baked Beans. I think this is uh, one of the most bizarre, most English things that I've seen on the internet in recent months. Um, for those of you who don't know, Weetabix is um, a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, it's like a, like a wheat-based, like brick of breakfast food kind of like a cereal but more like brick shaped um, it's it's a cereal bar without any shape it's just kind of is yeah it just kind of like they forgot to chop it up it's like yeah. a, a wheat cereal wheaties kind of thing and it's it's you know an english staple and another english staple pines baked beans not the weird bushes barbecue beans you got over here Heinz baked beans they did a, a partnership um, I don't know why, but it basically put out a tweet that was uh, Heinz beans on Weetabix for breakfast. Wait, so ex ex explain what uh, how the beans are usually consumed. Like what is on toast? On beans toast. on toast. Beans so, on as a breakfast item. Yes, beans on toast is a breakfast. Well, no, beans on toast is not a breakfast thing. Beans on toast is like a lunch or a dinner thing. But you can put beans with your English breakfast for right. breakfast. So you do have beans for breakfast. That is. You know you're you know, you know you're doing nothing to the reputation of Great Britain as a culinary destination right now, right? No, because... I'm I'm elevating the 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 culinary destination by <laughs> allowing beans for breakfast. Anyone needs to Google full English breakfast and you'll understand what I mean. Like that is a breakfast item. Um, so you weirdos in America who don't have beans for breakfast, I don't know. 
Um, but anyway, so they, they put beans and Weetabix together, two very separate breakfast items right. together. And the Twitter um, community managers for all other brands lost their minds, basically. And what I love about it, it kind of like the Wendy's here, you know, Wendy's has a really, had a really great community manager, very sarcastic. All of these like very traditional brands jumped on the bandwagon and put their own brand language spin on it. One of my favorite um, uh, was the Tesco's one. Um, they are known for having very like finickety um, self-checkouts and the robot lady voice goes unexpected item in the bagging area. Yeah. They went unexpected partnership um, in the bagging area. Uh, you had Virgin get involved. The NHS dude, got involved. Dude, I'm just going to read a few of these because these are amazing. Yeah. Dom, Domino's, Domino's was the first one to respond. And they go, us, pineapple on pizza is the most controversial food ever. Weetabix, hold my spoon. I think that was excellent. Uh, the NHS, which is England's or Britain, you know, UK's national healthcare system, that we should come with a health warning. Absolutely. Because they posted Absolutely. the image of this. Um, there was uh, Tinder. Trust us, this is not a match. Uh, and Weedabix <laughs> responded, we'd swipe right. And then the police for Victoria, Victoria Pol police goes, please do not report crime. Please do not report crime via social media. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I like the National Rail one. Um, due to a Weedabix adding beans to their cereal, all services have been delayed or we figure out what is happening. Um, and then GCHQ. Fi fi wait, wait. Fi Pfizer, yeah. haven't our scientists worked hard enough without having to come up with an antidote to this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought some good ones like Lidl. Um, a, a thing in the, in the UK, Facebook is like people um, mainly like Northern women will put a very provocative statement out of like i'm done with him never again or something like that yeah and all of their friends would be like baby you okay you're right hun it's like little like baby you okay you've hardly touched a weetabix and beans um virgin Austra like, virgin australia and suddenly we're kind of okay with the international borders being closed <laughs> <laughs> i look gchq which is like the um english um intelligence service uh they yeah. go we found no intelligence. So every brand felt like they could just pile in on this and yeah. took it to absolutely the next level, which I don't think we've ever seen. No, I think you, you've seen like some brands leading, like the way I mentioned Wendy's, like leading the way on snarky comebacks to, to other brands. But having all of these brands pile on from a marketing process point of view, um, having either your in-house marketing, like community manager or your agency, being able to get a response through the system to reply, being witty, being on topic, being relevant. I thought it was a great day for like the, the community managers across all of these brands, because, you know, you know, thinking about five or even 10 years ago, you know, you'd have to go through like rounds and rounds of feedback and changing stuff. And this was like getting it out ASAP. I just thought it was a really great way. I really hope, and I think you, you've already proven this, but I was really hoping before I knew this, that it wasn't some intern, like creative intern duo trying to get an, a, a job at Widening Kennedy, like making these fake tweets. But I think you've already gone on Twitter and 
and oh, I'm, confirmed. I'm, 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 I'm on it right now. I'm, I'm I'm reading this right now. I'm laughing and crying on the inside. And a part of me is sad for the fact that from here on out, every brief is going to say we want that. And there's oh. going to be these forced clones and copycat attempts that are going to be cringeworthy and endless piles of advertising cash will be burnt on trying to replicate something as, you know, as original as this was. So yeah. um, let's, you know, let's, let's have a moment of silence for the originality of this concept because it's, it's, it's I, done. It's, it was brilliant. <laughs> the, the high, I mean, they must get so, they must have so much um, mentions now. I, I can only imagine how many people will be buying Weetabix this weekend and baked beans this weekend, not to make the, the illegal combination but because of the amount of publicity they got and it and this is why i love advertising like this is some someone came up with this and it's brilliant you know what at the end of the day uh the purpose of advertising is to create a positive association with your brand that's it right because everything else flows from there you know i think we get fixated on performance marketing you know because you have to like sell the thing and all this other stuff but you won't sell it unless people think positively of it. And this yeah. is the way that you do this. You, this is how you break through all the noise. And, you know, what I think about buying uh, prior to this tweet, buying these beans and buying Weedabix? No. And I lived in the UK for three years and I, and, and I never did. Um, I would absolutely do that now just because I got the warm and fuzzies from reading this. I would go and pick it up. Would I eat it? No. But like, you know, would, would you I at least, it? you know, yeah, I would. Yeah. No. I, 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 you can't, and what you can't brief this. You, you can't be like, no, you, you know, what's you know, there's no brief. This, and if there but, is a brief, I want but, to see but, it but you have to create a cul- but you have to create a culture inside your organization where marketing has the freedom to yeah. go and do something like this. Because if that culture doesn't exist, we talked in, um, I think an episode ago about KPIs for organizations. Yeah. You can KPI creativity out of your uh, out of your company, which a lot of companies have okay. done, and I think this is this is the example of what you'd miss out on. Yeah, I mean, you, you, putting this forward as a as a response to a brief with specific KPIs, like no one's gonna, no one's gonna, no one's going to approve that if you're KPI right. driven. But if you got a culture which which celebrates creativity, which is like you know five percent of our budget will go behind this, and you know innovation and all of that stuff, and you want to make good stuff it's 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 just it's great and i'm really not looking forward to anyone from now being like i want a weedabix heinz you know come up with the next weedabix heinz tweet that will get us famous like the oreo dunk in the dark and how many war rooms were set up after that um, yeah to to be reactive to what happened in the super bowl so you know this is it's 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 lovely when you see like just creativity like that that's why we do advertising. That's why we do advertising. Alex, I think this brings us to the end of our episode today. On that note. Oh, that's a shame. That was a good one to end on, though. That was a good I'm one. Not, that was a I'm, good one I am going to go have dinner. I'm not going to have Weedabix or Heinz beans, but I am going to think about this and chuckle and really thoroughly enjoy talking about it with you. Yeah, that was good. 